is influencing actually hard. I saw this video like roasting influencers. What is your opinion on this? Like, <laughs> oh God. Influencers are probably gonna come for me for saying this, but like be completely honest, not rocket science. I shouldn't have to like threaten you no. to pay me. Why am I always chasing these brands down? Like being like, hello? <laughs> Time to get loud. Welcome back to Loud Talk with Lavi, a podcast where we break down the walls of beauty standards one flaw at a time. And today I have such a special guest, Rachel Wiseman. Thank you so much for joining me on Loud Talk today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. very excited to chat and just, you know, discuss some things. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I was so excited to have Rachel on is because she kind of takes on that double life that I often talk about here on social media of, you know, working like a traditional job, um, a traditional nine to five job, and also doing influencing on the side of that. You don't see it very often, but it does happen. I'm so excited to meet another person who's also doing it. So um, with that being said, I know um, a little bit about you um, just from following you on social media and stuff, but I really want to know, like, how did you get into content creating in the first place? Yeah, um, it kind of, I guess, like, all stems from I grew up dancing competitively. So that's how okay. I kind of, like, got into makeup and exposed to makeup in the first place. Because, you know, when you're, like, eight and nine as a competitive dancer, you have to do, like, the whole stage makeup, makeup, the eyelashes. Yeah, like, the whole thing. So that's why I, like, even just got into makeup in the first place. Um and I have a twin sister who I grew up with and we danced together as well, but she and a lot of my friends just like hated makeup and it was like, okay. you know, an annoyance to do. And I loved it. So like I ended up like doing everyone's makeup and like I love matching it to costumes and stuff. And like I, you know, I would never was like licensed or anything or did anything super professional, but I would do people's prom makeup in high school just mm -hmm. for fun. It was kind of like a hobby and something that I really enjoyed. Um and the content part didn't really come in until probably my, I think it was, yeah, it was the beginning of my third year of university. So okay. coming up on two years ago-ish, um, I think I posted my first video in like October of 2021, which is crazy. It doesn't seem like that long ago. And what like, um, influenced that for you to be like, okay, yeah. I'm going to post on TikTok? Yeah. So I, I have a friend, um, one of my best friends growing up does this full time, like content, okay. um, creation. She's more on the fashion side, but she, and a lot of my other friends would always be bugging me being like, oh, you should, you know, make videos. Like your tips are really good. And again, like I'm not a professional, but it would more just be like, you know, when everyone's getting ready or going out, or if they like couldn't do their eyeliner, like I was a person that people would FaceTime or like ask for product racks or stuff like that, just right. because I genuinely loved it so much. Um, and people kept bugging me to do it, but I was just like, oh, like, I don't know. That's not me. Like I was also scared, you know, it, it is scary to like talk to the camera and put yourself out there. Um, but I think just kind of seeing like so many people do such cool things on social media, um, and, you know, like even the thought of like getting sent stuff or like going to events was just like so exciting to me because I love beauty so much that after them nagging me for long enough and seeing that, like, I think it was also seeing a lot of people through COVID that like weren't anybody like pre-existing like I kind of always had this idea that you had to like have a pre-existing platform or kind of like be somewhat famous to like make it on social media yes. and then COVID kind of proved to me that like anyone could could do that and so I think those together like my friends just bugging me and then I was like okay I can probably do this like what do I have to lose like worst thing is I post TikToks and it goes nowhere and then I just yeah. 
you know, whatever, like, who cares? No, absolutely. I, like, I was a little bit hesitant to post on TikTok as well. I also started in 2021, which is, like, I feel like a little (laughs) bit late to the game. And I've been posting content on YouTube since I was 13. So I was, like, used to the, like, the content space. But I was always, like, I like the long form. And I had some friends telling me, like, if you make content anyways, like, TikTok is where it's at. Like, post on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. short form is not for me you know like I was like, so <laughs> resistant to it but I definitely had and I was thinking about this the other day actually like I had the mindset where it's like I only thought you could be like a full-time influencer or be making like a substantial amount of money off influencing if you had like millions and millions of followers like I never yeah. thought you know like until like yeah until I honestly got on TikTok is when I was like oh like this is possible you don't need like a million followers yeah it definitely like changed my perspective even though I was like already creating content it like definitely changed my perspective on it as well like during that time for sure so did you ever I guess you didn't really think like okay like this is going to be like necessarily like a career option for my for yourself right but yeah do you ever think that um because I, I was thinking about this the other day too. Do you think that if you had started in social media like earlier, let's say like start of high school or something, let's say TikTok was like around then, right? Like, and yeah. it took off the way it did for you. Do you think that it would have influenced if you went to post-secondary or not? Um, The the decision to go to post-secondary, no, I think I always would have gone to school. Okay. Um, I, it, it's kind of funny because like if you, I don't know, went back to like 2015 or 2016, like I love learning. I'm the biggest nerd. Like I was always the person who cared so much about my grades. Yeah. Um, just like, and not byproduct of like my parents or anything. Like I am just internally like expect a lot from myself and I love to learn and I, I do genuinely really like school. Mm-hmm. So I don't think so. And that's also kind of a reason why I am doing both and like right. definitely still prioritizing my career because before I started to create content, like I was already in I already had basically a job lined up for after school. Like I had this internship um, that I was going to be doing in summer of 2022 in investment banking. And then that, you know, granted, if you do well enough, which thankfully I did, like leads into a full-time role. So I kind of already knew that like that was going to be my path when I even like just started TikTok at all. Um, But even if that had been like a, like you said, like 2017, 2018 thing, um, I think I always would have gone to school and, and pursued something academically. Maybe I would have like, I don't I don't, I don't think it would have really changed it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't think like as much as I love content and creating and makeup, like there is a really like academic side of me that I don't think I would be like necessarily fulfilled if I wasn't at least like having a business on the side or something like that. I don't think just like pure yeah. content creation is like would be entirely fulfilling for me. If that makes I sense. feel the exact same way with that. And like, <laughs> It's crazy because sometimes I do get in the headspace where I'm like, I get really overwhelmed by everything. And I'm like, oh, I just like wish I wasn't more like I'm just doing content. But like when I do think, yeah, it, I think I would go a little bit crazy if I didn't have something else. And it's nice yeah. to hear that like you also experience that because I like, you know, my whole childhood growing up, high school, everything like I was a huge nerd, very like academically driven as well. Love learning yeah. all that. And I think it wasn't until like uni, like, second year where I remember I got like I don't know my first like low mark on a test and I was having like an identity crisis because I'm like okay if it's not good grades like what am I doing you know like and yeah now looking back I'm like that was like so stupid to like be like anxious about that but yeah no no, it's literally the same I had I went to U of T in first year for computer science and like I got whipped into shape like I was trying so hard you you know like you're used to like 90s like 100s and then I was like 
and getting bad grades like on math too like math was my thing and I was like oh my god like I'm dumb I remember like I had a breakdown (laughs) with my dad I was like I've never felt stupider in my life like but my mom went to U of T thankfully and she was like first year is literally designed to like make you drop out like if you're passing like you're doing better than like a lot of people so like that's the bar like you can't getting a 95 at U of T is in like theoretical math is just like never gonna happen so I mean unless you're a genius but I'm not that genius yeah (laughs) yeah no I feel the same way and even like um so I go to uh, U of C um in Calgary for for engineering and and commerce and Mm -hmm. in first year like they do they say they don't but they do like a weeding out process basically yeah totally Um, (laughs) and yeah like I remember coming home like my first linear algebra test and I looking back now I think I got like a 75 on the test I'm like what was I crying about you know (laughs) but yeah I was like it feels like the end of the world and my mom's (laughs) like are you okay (laughs) like what is wrong with you and I'm like I did so bad she's like you need to calm down this is fine (laughs) like as long as you're passing at this point I'm like okay yeah but yeah it definitely takes a bit of an adjustment period for sure and now like my mindset has like almost completely shifted where I'm like okay like I'm not gonna kill myself over you know like as long as like I'm understanding the concepts like some courses too you just gotta like get through because like yeah possible so it's like yeah mine was discrete math I was like a 51 great I'll take it like by the end of the year I was like I just need to pass yeah exactly so I think it's I think a lot of us who kind of like rely so much on academic validation like growing up at one point yeah. or another kind of get to that breaking point where it's like I can't keep like I can't keep this yeah up, you know so yeah um, it's unhealthy but, like you can't like like you said like literally U of T I'm sure a lot of other like engineering computer science or just any first year programs like especially U of T like they admit more people than they can graduate so like they exactly have to they have drop to, out. yeah and you have to it's hard to like think about that because at the end of the day it's like I was just only thinking about my GPA but there's a lot more factors than just like the number on the page and you gotta like mentally get past that well exactly (laughs) and even like I was thinking about this year because I was like okay I'm taking like six classes right now so I'm like oh this class like I'm kind of you know not doing the best in but then I'm like okay well I'm also kind of working full-time like outside of school so it's like I can't like compare myself (laughs) to like the one kid who all they do is study for this class you know yeah, so like yeah, it's yeah, different you exactly. know that doesn't take away from like my the power of my brain and my abilities it's just like <laughs> you know you can't always split up your energy um in yeah, that way totally. but I do want to ask because you said like you did your first year at U of T in computer science mm-hmm. like, what made you kind of switch to the like finance sector of things yeah I just realized that like it was not for me um I feel like I wish that I had a bit more exposure to different, like more like specialized things in high school. Cause I went to, um, this arts high school called Etobicoke School of the Arts because I danced so much growing up. Um, I, I went to a different middle school and then ended up transferring to that school just because it was like really close to my dance studio. Pretty much everyone from my dance studio went there. I was a dance major. Like I, I I feel like I was almost closer to probably like pursuing dance at one point, but then it was the same thing. I was like, I need to be doing something academic. Like I would go crazy, but I was like training like 40 hours a week. Like it was a very, very, very big part of my life. And I absolutely loved it. Um, But so like, I kind of just took, like I took the basics. I was like all the maths, all the sciences, but beyond that, I didn't really take like economics or like there was no, there there weren't, those didn't even exist at my course. Yeah my high school was like acting for the camera there was no electives that I could like even explore that um 
and I was debating between um going to Queen's Commerce like I got in in uh, senior year and so I was literally debating between like going to Queen's Commerce which is where I ended up graduating from and then um U of T comp sci and those are obviously very different but it, it was kind of a toss-up I ended up making the decision because I had a really good friend who was a year older than me um this is kind of confusing but I was a year ahead in math in high school so I did grade 12 math and grade 11 and so all of my friends in like my math class that I had kind of been studying with and stuff went on to university and right. so it was like kind of good for me to see like where they went yes. um and get a little bit of perspective after first year but this one friend who went to U of T comp sci we were like very very similar he was awesome and he like we kept in touch and kept like telling me about his program and I was kind of just like this sounds like it would work we were very similar and I didn't know that much and I liked coding when I did like some intro stuff on the side so it's like whatever let me just you know go try this mm -hmm. I feel like the frustrating part for me at U of T was that people thought that I left because I was like bad at it but then when people found out like my grades and stuff because they like are kind of available they were like why are you leaving this and I was like I just I don't like it like yeah. it was the kind of thing where like I can do it and I can study and right. can get good grades but like it, it it was like I was forcing myself yes. to just because like I wanted good grades so you had to like that, just put in that extra bit of like effort like it didn't come as like naturally as something that exactly you were towards yeah I totally get that yeah and like so many kids in my class it was also just very isolating like computer science and U of T in general is very like every man for themselves there's also this weird dynamic that they like you get in first year and then you have to do something called like make post in second year so and this actually happened to my friend is that you go through first year and you have to get this like meet this grade average and yep. like apply to officially get into the right. computer science program so there's people that do first year like two times like three times to like even just keep trying to get into the program which is insane and then I was at a point where I was like I remember I went to a hackathon in January this was kind of like the actual point for me because I had felt this way in first semester mm -hmm. and to my parents credit they were like it's so early it's so overwhelming it's so new like just give yourself a yeah. couple months because week four I was like I need to leave yeah. and they were like hey just wait yeah, um, time, yeah yeah but then I went through first semester and I went to this hackathon and it was one of those it was great it was run by Western I think it was called she hacks um so it was all women and it was like a 24 hours gap all night type of thing but like I didn't want to code like I was like no I don't want to like parse the JSON at 3am like I was like building the pitch like the presentation like the market strategy like all the stuff behind the actual product right and that was like where I wanted to be and where I wanted okay. to focus and so then I kind of like came out of that weekend being like if I don't even like have the slightest inclination in an environment where like that's supposed to be your bread and butter like as developers doing like these hackathons and stuff I was like this is just not for me. So then I started kind of looking at my options and, and made the switch to Queens. But it was a lot of factors that that was kind of probably like the moment that I would pinpoint in terms right. of where I was like officially. But yeah, I just realized that I like technology and that's why I'm in like tech and finance. Like I'm doing mm -hmm. technology investment banking because I like the industry and I have a bit of context, but not on like the developer side. <laughs> right. No, for sure. And it's hard coming out of high school like to know, like pinpoint exactly what you want to do. I remember like, when I was in grade 11, I'm like, okay, I like physics, I like math, I like chemistry, but I like wasn't really into bio. I knew I didn't want to go into anything like English or social related. Um, yeah. But I always <laughs> thought like for myself, when I thought of like engineering, I'm like, oh, like you just like build bridges. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll go into business. And it wasn't until like one of my high school teachers asked me if I'm like 
looking into engineering and I was like no and then he sent me to like this job shadow thing where I actually got to learn about like what other types of engineers other than like civil engineering do and that's when I like kind of opened my eyes towards that and then luckily my school offered like a a dual um, engineering and commerce program so I decided on that but like if you don't like get exposed to it like it's really hard to know and like luckily our first year um it's like a general first year engineering so you kind of get the opportunity to try out like the different courses and then at the end of the year you basically like what you were saying like you reapply for um your major so like Mm -hmm. I kind of chose uh chemical engineering because I also thought like well in the future I can kind of link that to like cosmetic engineering and that will kind of help you know help me with that but um it's hard to know like I know so many people who kind of do the whole degree and then they're like I actually don't like this at all and I'm like that's tough because it it, like there's no way to just like know right out of high school what you want to do so you really have to like try it and and figure out so it's good that you like gave it the time and then kind of followed your gut and like if it wasn't yeah like but do you often get asked like you know how you have like this interest for like finance as well as like makeup and creating because I get asked all that all the time people just can't like see the two worlds like together yeah like I I feel like it's funny because to in Toronto like in fourth year when this kind of started picking up and I was like going to more events and stuff like a lot of the people that I met they're so nice like the the beauty people that I met in Toronto are absolutely lovely yes. but like they all do this full time full time so yeah. they're like in fourth year <laughs> when I was in fourth year they're like oh yeah so you're just gonna like move to the city and because like I wouldn't be able to go to a lot of stuff and I would always be like oh yeah like I had class I had school or whatever right and, or even just coming back from Kingston like if it was on a Wednesday I couldn't really go so I kind yeah. of go to like the Thursday to Sunday events um they were like oh then you'll be back you'll be here like we'll see you all the time and I was like uh <laughs> no I'm actually moving <laughs> Yeah. to San Francisco for uh, investment banking and all of them like if you don't know anything about finance you're like what does that mean I feel like the no. first thing that comes to mind is like a bank teller and I'm like sure like whatever I don't know half the time <laughs> I was just like I'm working at a bank like right fine. um but yeah like people are very confused and I feel like you <laughs> it makes sense like if you know me very well and kind of the backstory behind like how I got into it um but yeah I feel like I don't even know if I have a good answer for it it's kind of a mystery but it's really just like I love makeup and I love beauty and it's like I would have so much fun like sending my friends little like Sephora lists and you know brands or like if they tell me what a product they like like it's just so fun for me so I was like if I can for me it was more just the opportunity to like get in front of these brands and and meet the people behind it because I also find that really exciting like the right product development and like that the more like business Business side side of it it, was very cool to me Mm -hmm. and so this like the TikTok and like content is kind of like an avenue to do that I don't know if I like love editing videos like someone have to go edit I'm like like not my favorite but the making it and the talking about it and then like the end product of like that I've built this kind of community that enables me to go meet founders and like hear about their stories is like what makes me really excited about it so I feel like that aspect of it like I'm very excited by like the business side of it I wouldn't say that like and and that comes through in my content like I'm not one of those creators who like look at my video and it's like oh my god groundbreaking like cameras like I'm just talking to the camera so yeah no I feel the same way in that like I, I totally relate to that and I think for a lot of people if anything it's like shocking when they hear like that I am in school last year I was like on a 16 month internship so I was working full time and yeah when I'd like 
you know, Brandon would be like, oh, can we schedule a meeting for like this time? I'm like, oh, can we do it like at 12? Cause that's like my lunch break, you know? So they're like, wait, like you work full time? So like, I don't think a lot of people like, you know, just like think of that. Cause like, yeah, as you said, a lot of the people who like maybe are at like in our community of influencers are full time, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. And then I think for a lot yeah. of people, the obvious answer is like, why don't you just do content creating full time? So they can't like wrap their head around it, which yeah. I want to get into that with you as well. <laughs> um, even like, because I know a bunch of the girls like in Toronto that like you often go to events and stuff with. And they always ask me like, you know, are you going to move here after like you're done school and stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, it, and I obviously can't like just yeah. leave now because I have to finish school. Like I, I yeah, go to this yeah. university, right? And they're like, can you transfer to U of T? And I'm like, I am not like going through that. Don't like, go to U of T. It's don't fine. Go like, and like also like, yeah, like events are fun and stuff, but like I need to finish school. And like, yeah, is that yeah. obvious? And you're so close, like at this point. Exactly. Too. Like there's, <laughs> there's no point to do that. So yeah. And like, I, sometimes I feel a little isolated over here, but it's also like not really stopped me from like getting opportunities and stuff. So I'm like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, so um, yeah, but I do think find that it is like shocking for a lot of people because like and like on both sides of it like even I just spoke on a panel in Calgary the other day and I was like speaking as an influencer but then I mentioned like oh yeah I'm studying chemical engineering and I saw like the instant like switch on like how people perceive me because they were like oh like you're not just doing this you know I think people Mm -hmm. definitely do respect it when it's like you can like handle both and for me like you know even if I do graduate and don't go into like industry working as an engineer like as you mentioned too I don't think I would just do content full-time I'd like work on my business Mm -hmm. and like do other Mm -hmm. things outside of it and like content is a great like door opener I think so that's like a great driver and just the building of community and stuff but what is your like perspective I guess for like the situation where a lot of people kind of start to gain some traction then they choose to like drop out of school or like leave their job yeah I feel like I mean I've thought about this but I feel like sure if it was like a situation like an Alex or where you like blow up overnight you have like millions and millions of followers like that's kind of a no-brainer you know what I mean like you she like now has the not only capital but just ability and reach to like do whatever she wants and like if I was in that position I would take that and I would like start whatever business I wanted or like you know use it to be like an angel investor and like things that I wanted to do like the money and the like and, and at the end of the day I don't want to pinpoint the money but it's just like that is an aspect of it of like absolutely if I had that like she's making whatever million dollars at 22 like if I was able to have that I would go and take that for sure I would not be like doing this exact path that I'm doing right now but I would still use that to like mesh the worlds of like makeup and finance I wouldn't just like be a creator and yeah. like I even if I could just sit around and make TikToks all day and have millions of dollars come in like I, that would not be satisfying to me at all. Like, like I said, I would take that money and I would start my own thing or like help people start their own things. Um, so that's kind of like my perspective on it, but that, that's like what, like, and that's a big hurdle. That's like what it would take for me to like completely leave my career. And like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been on social media for a while now, like it hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. It's going to be more of like a slow, like community. And that's totally fine. Like some people just, you know, blow up like that. And so that, that was kind of my thinking. People asked me that in third and fourth year. And I was like, well, if I don't like just completely go off the walls and blow up by the time I graduate, like I'm still going to stay like in my career yeah. and in my school. So that was like one part of it. Um, but yeah, I think the other part of it is I just like, I love my job and the work that I do is very cool. And I know people 
find that insane because the hours are really insane. (laughs) But like, that's kind of the name of the game in this industry, unfortunately. And like, I mean, hopefully it'll, it'll change one day and people won't be up till, you know, all hours of the morning, but (laughs) it's very cool. And you get a lot of exposure and you feel like you're doing really meaningful work. And like, I learn a lot and it challenges me every single day. So I, I just don't think there's like another field that I would be as happy in. And I don't know, just doing this like in tandem is kind of a good fit for me. I just Mm -hmm. don't, that's kind of like what it would take for me to, to drop it. And I, just don't see that happening. Right. So I, I do like, want to not ask, to be like against myself, but you know, no, what I mean? no, no. Like, but like, I, think, <laughs> I, I like your perspective because I think you're like very realistic about it. And the one thing that I always think of is like, as I said, like, even if I don't go to industry after I graduate and I like, you know, do the content thing for a while, focus on my businesses, yeah. it's like, if this all disappears tomorrow, I have like a very mm. solid degree that I can like fall back on. You know, I have like references that I can like you know, go back to the company I interned with yeah. or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to be like, okay, now what? Like, I'm not, you know, yeah. like, I have kind of- And like, like, you never know. That's the that's other the thing. thing. Is like, maybe that's just me being risk averse, but like, there was a point a couple months ago where like, they were going to ban TikTok in the yeah. United States. And so it's like, I, maybe that's me again, being like super risk averse, but like, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, the other thing that I kind of forgot to talk about is like, I'm not the kind of person where I can just jump on any platform and like you need immediately know who I am and you yes. immediately like gain like millions of followers, like whatever. And that is what it would take for me to just go completely into content. Like if you're like an Alex Earl or a Michaela or a Monet mm-hmm. McMichael or Glamzilla, where like they have these brands that are so defined that they could literally like start anything they wanted or go on any new platform and like people migrate with them yeah whereas like and that is like what like mitigates the risk for Mm -hmm. me is like okay yeah if tiktok's not there anymore then like whatever but for me if tiktok was not there then i would have to like start from ground like not necessarily square one because like some people would probably recognize me but it's not that same level of like immediate no like migration to that person so that's kind of <laughs> I totally get what you mean. I I don't like sometimes I don't understand how people are so comfortable with especially cuz like some people too are just on like one platform like I yeah. do like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, I do this podcast yeah. and like I'm still like working on my degree cuz I'm like <laughs> what if, you know, it all just like disappears which uh, yeah. You're like maybe it's like get betting against yourself and it's not even that it's just like I think it's like looking at the reality of things like yeah, as you yeah. said TikTok was almost banned like apps fall off all the time like yeah people just stop using them so it's like you have to kind of plan and I think the best mm-hmm. thing for any influencer to do that is doing that full time you know like think of ways that you can like grow your audience maybe outside of the app itself or like yeah. use your audience to build some type of business and have multiple streams of income because like mm-hmm. I just I just don't understand how some people can like feel so comfortable in it because I'm like how like, I mean more power to them sometimes I just think maybe that's me like working in this field like finance is like highly risk averse so maybe I'm like maybe that's just me yeah yeah. (laughs) like the way that I'm wired right now but I don't know I I do think there is a level of like planning for the future Mm -hmm. um and but like you said there's both sides to it there's the size that's like why don't I just do this for a couple years and see what happens and it could completely change your life and that's awesome and maybe by me not doing that that is you know a mistake or something but you you never know and I think there's both sides to it it just depends where you fall exactly the other one (laughs) yeah yeah no for sure and like I think even so last year as I said like I was I was working um in like a project engineering role and it was just like a typical like nine five job and that Mm -hmm. definitely like shifted how I did like my content because like when you're in school like like 
you're like studying all the time but you know like mm-hmm. you can kind of build your own schedule more so I would like kind of film yeah. all over the place but when I was working mm-hmm. this job it's like okay obviously I can't do content between like eight to like five or whatever it was right yeah. and then or I'd like film you know getting ready in the morning which like I see you do that too like before yeah. work um, yeah and then like I would my weekends were like mostly the time that I would like do content or like in the evening sometimes but all the time I'd get people ask me like how do you balance it and I think the one thing I'm seeing from you is like the passion behind it and that's the and I've seen you talk about this too it's like if you really want something and you really love it like you're gonna make the time for it so I want to kind of like get into that with you and like get more perspective on that because that's definitely how I feel too it's like well I don't I'm the one choosing to like do both these things and yeah it's stressful and it's sometimes I'm like what I, I watched your video recently where you said like why am I doing this like you feel like overwhelmed sometimes <laughs> but you have to realize like I know you have this perspective because that's why I want to talk to you about this is just the fact that like you're choosing it for a reason and sometimes it does get mm-hmm. hard but just reminding yourself like okay why am I doing this so yeah I want to get your whole like perspective on that yeah I think like people ask me that too because like our field our hours are not realistic like I (laughs) um like our like we work like 100 hours a week so it's like I only have Saturdays sometimes usually to myself um and like Monday to Friday like I'm working from like nine to like anywhere from two three four plus in the morning which is insane um but so that makes it very difficult to put in content and that's something that I am working on Mm -hmm. um but like I'm trying to give myself a little bit of grace because it's like I have been putting pressure on myself to be like oh like because in school like I had so much more capacity because like you said like I can build my own schedule and like I wasn't making myself stay up till four in the morning studying (laughs) so um yeah there was definitely like more time there but I'm just it's amazing like (laughs) and maybe this is bad but like every minute truly counts and it's amazing like how much time you can find like I find that the busier that I get like not like it's not the even more like time really about being creative. Yeah, it's like yeah. the more like intentional you become with your time. Mm-hmm. And like, I've just found, I mean, like everyone does this or I'm sure a lot of people do like blocking out your time, like planning, like I will spend my Saturdays like planning my week ahead. And like, if there's usually like on the content side, like I will just batch film everything on Saturdays because yeah. like, I never know what my week is going to entail. And there's some weeks where like Monday through Friday and Sunday, I have no time. Yeah. And then there's some days where like, my mornings are a little bit slower and I can film like I get ready with me but like pretty much all of my content at this point is batched which makes it hard to like because I feel like part of my brand and what I was doing in school too a little bit is like letting people in on my life but it's very very hard to do that in real time when like I only get these buckets of like one day a week <laughs> to film so sometimes it's like like telling stories that like would mm-hmm. seem like they would be being told on a weekday like on a Saturday and like that's just like they're still my life and they're still my stories but it's like I like change my shirt and pretend it's like another day because like I have to film all in one day um, and that's totally fine but it's just it's definitely been an adjustment from school but yeah I feel like to your point of just like how I balance it all it's like like I could just not film and just let it kind of whittle away but I do really enjoy it and I feel like the days where or the weeks where like I don't film like all the time or I'm not doing anything like when I do sit down and do it I'm like oh yeah like this is really fun and I really like this and yeah so I think like and and that's something that I've seen like on my platform in the last couple months I've definitely been you know a little bit less volume like hasn't been as consistent in terms of like my story and everything just because I've like 
been going through like a big shift. Yeah, um, but I think once it once it levels out a bit more, like I'm starting to get a little bit more um of like into a cadence of when I can mm-hmm. film and when I can't. But yeah, you'd be amazed where it fits in. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I say that all the time to people, like the busier you are, like the more time you have, because as you said, like you're just mm-hmm. more intentional with it, right? Like, yeah, my weekends are like at least the like morning to afternoon part of it it's like dedicated to content because like Mm. that's when I can like film these interviews for example or um do my other stuff and sometimes it's like I'm way behind on like a trend or whatever because like it happened early in the week but it's just yeah like I can't do real-time trends anymore I've just given up I've accepted that (laughs) it's fine (laughs) yeah exactly like you you, the people will get it when it comes like that's that's all it is but yeah really like you find the time and I think even like I would you know if I film in the morning getting ready for like school or work or whatever and then while I'm like transiting to school I'll edit the video like you find those moments of time and I think just as you said like being more intentional with your time like I could sit on the bus or the train and just like listen to music but I'll spend that time editing right because that's like that's the only time like that's what I do when I'm walking to work I'll be like yeah Yeah. people are like when do you post I'm like I post when I walk from my house to the office like that's when I post and then I close the app and I don't look at it all day exactly because I'm like at work but that's That's like my pocket of time to post and yeah it's like whereas like I could just walk and like call a friend or like listen to a podcast or whatever and sometimes I do but Mm -hmm. like that's kind of where you fit it in yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) like I would always post my videos like during my lunch break at work like which worked out because like I post during that time like it's like the best time to post anyway so I'm like perfect but yeah you yeah. do just find the time for it. and some weeks as you said like get busier and you can't film as much and it's like when you do have a couple minutes to spare it's like oh I can film something real quick here yeah. and there. so you just find the time and I think the one part where people maybe struggle to see that is because they don't actually like fully love it mm-hmm. I think yeah. because um I think in any space you know like if you aren't fully you know like passionate about it like you're not gonna find the time for it because you're just gonna put it off and it's gonna feel like a chore right and yeah and like you said like Like, I'm not always in love with editing like I'm like oh I have to you know like it's not always like can't wait to edit this video but like the overall picture you know like I love it more than like it feels like a chore like I think if it felt like a chore I wouldn't be doing this to myself obviously yeah and like I I feel like people sometimes draw the parallel of like oh you're basically working like a part-time job and I'm like sort of but like if I had like an actual part-time job like I wouldn't do it because I like wouldn't find the time to like do it if I didn't like love it like if it was like a part-time job of like I don't know like cleaning toilets like I would not make the time yeah well I'm too busy the thing with content that like makes it like I'm so blessed every day to even and I'm sure you feel this way too like be able to do this because it is so flexible you know like Mm -hmm. it's not like you have to like work eight hours a day or like with another part-time job you know you have to be there for four hours five hours whatever your shift is like you can spend 30 minutes today on a video like an hour tomorrow like Mm -hmm. you know it's really flexible and that's like the beautiful thing Mm -hmm. of it and I think that's the only way you are able to and like myself as well like balance you know a full-time thing with content because you just can like squeeze it in whenever you have the time okay I kind of want to switch gears a little bit because I think a huge debate on social media is the whole debate of like is influencing actually hard is it like as hard harder than like a traditional job I have like my thoughts on this because like I was working you know in an engineering role and doing content full-time at the same time so I'm like 
I have my opinion on this, but I really want to hear it from someone else because it's it's really yeah. nice, honestly, to just like talk to someone else who like in a lot of ways can relate to how I feel because I feel like I yeah. never have anyone to talk to about this stuff. So I'm I'm so excited to talk to you about this. But like, what is your opinion on this? Like, <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um. Okay. I feel like I am probably a good case study <laughs> in the sense that like the job, like investment banking as an analyst, is about as corporate as it gets like yeah. it's about as taking over your life like so much time like so much like 100 hour work week like that is like the pinnacle of corporate america and then we have influencing which is like the complete opposite so and i feel like the discussion around it too and like at least the frustrations from what i'm seeing is like people being like these influencers like don't have real jobs they don't understand blah 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 and like I do like mm-hmm. I really do that being said caveat I'm very fortunate to have even like gotten that role like investment banking and finance and this whole industry is so competitive and so crazy like I even know that like within that that is also a big privilege so I kind of have these two jobs that are like I'm very grateful for um but very very different mm-hmm. and like like night and day I feel like influencers are probably gonna come for me for saying this but like it's not hard like in my opinion on the on the on the time side like yes. I I think on the time and on the flexibility side like you don't realize like how flexible it is and like there are so many privileges of this job like the fact that you get sent stuff for free like beauty and personal care and all that stuff like you're literally getting expenses cut out of your life that like people will like not buy makeup or not buy shampoo or not buy things like new things because it's like they're they're not making enough money like we're in a recession right now so it's like the fact that and like if you expand your brand like you can get set clothes for free like pots like literally at this point you can get set anything Anything. for free if you like craft your content around it so that is such a blessing and such a privilege like whatever corporate job you get into like that's not the reality so like that's one aspect of it that I think people don't necessarily like recognize enough and like realize how how lucky that is another aspect of it is like tax like if you have your content in your home like you can like write off your rent and not write off like you can use it like yeah there's like a significant tax like your expenses yeah because if you can prove and it is because and people always say like oh I'm like online 24 7 like my work is my life and I'm like if you like actually like break down the components of it and like are smart with your taxes like there's also a huge benefit there Mm -hmm. that like I can't like you know like expense my whatever or like take it as like a business expense because like I have my office and like that that's not gonna fly with the yes or even like things like if you're going on like a brand trip let's say and like you're getting like a bunch of outfits for like that mm -hmm. trip like and making content around those outfits like there is so much you can like look into expensing you're so right with that and I think Mm -hmm. no like think of it like I think for a lot of influencers like think of it as like a regular like benefits package basically that you would get like out of job like all the like all the PR and stuff like yeah it's yeah. not like cash in your hand but it's like the like these yeah. products are hella expensive so it like it adds yeah up. yeah so like I, I think those aspects of it not that that makes the job any easier but like I think those are grossly overlooked um I, I think the thing that I will say is I I do sympathize and I understand I think if you're if we're talking about two separate things like the one side being like just the logistics aspect of it like when you create content how you create content Mm -hmm. reaching out to brands like brand deals all that stuff like be completely honest not rocket science like it's a huge privilege it's an awesome thing it's super exciting like the pay is great like I don't really have a lot of sympathy for like the 
logistics side of it. What I will say is like, I think if you do this only 24 seven, there is an aspect of like your own mental health yeah. that it, this job does really take a toll. So I think there's two sides to it. I think like the, what you are actual doing and the, how you are doing it, it's insanely flexible. You get so much and like for what you put in, you get so much out of it. And I think it's like, like it, there's not a lot of hardships that I can really sympathize with there. But I will say like on the mental side, like the aspect of like being on call 24 seven, like there's a lot of corporate jobs that like they expect you to pick up and like email you back. So like, I don't even know if I like really like yes and no into that. Like there's not a lot of, like a lot of jobs don't like really let you like people are like, oh, in other jobs, you can just log off. But like, that's not the case for me. Like someone could call me whenever and like yeah. I have to be available. So like not really on that aspect, but like if you're like always looking at yourself 24 seven and like I even found this in school, like you like are so hard on yourself about like the views that you're getting and like what you're putting into your content and you're not seeing that out of it. Like that mentally, I think does actually really take a toll. And I think that's the hard aspect of this yeah. job, the logistics side, like, and maybe I'll get hate for saying that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I think because I have like just this complete parallel that like, right. it's, it's not really to me. I think it's more like the, you're only working for yourself. Like you're putting so much pressure on yourself. Like, I don't really love the idea of like looking at myself 24 seven, like that is mm -hmm. like the, the tough part of the job that like you have to balance for me, which is like totally valid. Um, just like on the other side, sometimes I'm like, you can kind of work whenever you want from whatever yeah. you want and like get a lot of money and free shit. Like, uh. it's, yeah. But, yeah. And I, I get the frustration on, I think both ends of it. Like, and I, I think, as you said, like in a way we're the perfect candidates to kind of see like we've done both you know like we can yeah. kind of compare it and not every like you know like your industry like I'm sure you've had your own personal experiences compared to like me but it's like it does give us at least a more like round perspective on both worlds which not a lot of people yeah. as you said get the privilege to have I think yeah um yeah too which is an important aspect of it but I think also like in terms of the mental health with influencing it's the fact and of course with any job like you never know what the future will bring but with influencing mm -hmm. like it is very like unstable I would yeah. say in terms of like financial income like I couldn't really imagine like relying completely completely like yeah. just on brand deals because it's like you can go months without getting a deal and then one month you get like 10 like you never know when your next mm -hmm. like you know opportunity is gonna come so mm -hmm. and then like even with like payments like some payments are like 90 days out like so it's like you never I don't like, think I've ever been paid on time oh like ever never. ever it's always it's always <laughs> and I'm like I know why you're doing this I'm like I understand your cash cycle I understand why you're trying to be that 90 but like net 45 like I need to pay my bills please like and why am I always chasing these brands down like being like hello <laughs> like, that invoice I yeah. sent you five months ago are we uh, I've literally gone to the point where I've had to like almost serve people and be like my dad's a lawyer and I was like he was like oh you can send them this like letter and so I like just even alluded to the fact that I would immediately got a check I was yeah. like I shouldn't have to like threaten you no. to pay me. <laughs> I find it funny too when I'll like email like months later and be like, oh, like just checking in on this. And they're like, well, this like line, the uh, invoice, can you like change the address here? And I'm like, why didn't you ask me this five months ago <laughs> when I sent it? But anyways, I... again, like influencers being complaining <laughs> about random shit, but like, you know what I mean? Like that. But it is, but that is, I think is a valid concern because yes. like if you, you were. You don't know when oh, it's going to come. Yeah. And you don't know. And if you were relying on it to like pay your rent, like your landlord isn't going to care if a brand forgot to pay no. you, like you have to pay it. So like, exactly. I actually think that that is like, that's probably the hard, like on the logistics side, that is something that I would mm -hmm. say 
is actually like very hard and very stressful and very difficult is like mm-hmm. these brands internally like not to put them on blast but like so unprofessional a lot of times and so disrespectful of like your time and just like your context like I've like had to write emails being like this has taken up x amount of time like please respect my time and like do what you said you would do like Mm -hmm. when you said you would do it and like I just don't understand I don't know where that like aspect comes from in terms of like just because like when you think these influencer like marketing agencies or just like marketing arms of companies this is obviously a gross generalization and there's tons of brands that I've worked with that are great and super nice and super professional but more often than I expected to and way more often than like in my industry like people are just so like won't respond like you have to chase them unnecessarily for things like just so disrespectful like so I don't know and I don't know if that stems from just the fact that like a lot of influencers and people in this space are young so they just think that you like don't know how to conduct yourself in a business environment and like can be taken advantage of I, I think that is where it stems from but like And I've even had brands like really completely switch the way they treat me Mm. when like I've had to spell it out for them be like, hi, I work at an investment bank. I work X hours. I'm not getting on the phone with you. Like you can call me on a Saturday, but like send me your questions over email and I will respond in line. And they're like, what? And like, this is like such a like inefficient and like ineffective way of doing things. And then they like start talking to me like a normal business person. Right we're still conducting business. It's not like TTYL bestie, like getting your money later. I'm like, oh my God, like, let's just, absolutely. it's frustrating. No, I, and- I, I get that too. Like sometimes I've had experiences when, you know, like it'll take longer to like send feedback or whatever on a, like on a yeah. draft and they're like, oh, can you send us like the, the new content, like by 5 PM today? And I'm like, actually like I'm in school till five like I'm in lecture like I live like an hour away from the university like I can do it tonight once I'm back from school or like when I was working like once I'm done work and that shift I do see it too because they're like oh like yeah you have other stuff going on like yeah and I I told them like I can meet during my lunch after 5 p.m which most people don't want to do or the weekend like that is all I have I, I don't have any other time to like I, I physically can't meet you like yeah you know, on on a call but it's just like part of it and I think that definitely can add to the mental stress like if like I know when I was working like full-time it was nice because like I had that like you know bi-weekly check always coming in and then like Mm -hmm. when the influencing money would come it's like I wasn't as stressed about like it being like obviously like it's annoying when like payments are late but it like wasn't stress because like I already have this like very stable like bi-weekly check coming in from my other job but I totally get like if you're doing this full-time like that is totally something that will be definitely stressful and I think that is like something that lots of people who aren't on the influencer side definitely overlook when they are like judging an influencer but then on the influencer side I think too like I think the difference is too I've seen at least the difference um between influencers who have experience working like in a corporate job or even like even really any job like before like full-time before yeah Um, or even just doing school or something like else other than influencing before jump like you know switching to influencing because I think they have like a different perspective on it and they do Mm -hmm. kind of value the freedom of time Mm -hmm. that influencing can bring um yeah because yeah like it's it's so different when you are like you know and they say like yeah you can't clock in and out but it's like you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to commute to work you don't have to clock in or out you're you're, you're not there like no one's telling you like you have to work all day like if you don't want to film today like 
you don't have to yeah. film today. You like know you what I mean? You can go on vacation whenever you want. You yeah. can film from anywhere you, in the world. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to take vacation. You can just like go to Thailand and probably like get great views because you're like on this sick vacation. It's yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely like an I saw this video like roasting influencers like literally a couple hours ago and um the guy was like realistically like you took you know a minute to post the video and then the next three hours you're just like refreshing the analytics and like <laughs> really funny because I was like oh my gosh but honestly yeah like like you said having something else is nice because you post the video and then you like don't look at it mm. you know until you're like back on the app like later in the evening or the next day or whatever yeah so, sometimes I'll, I'll forget i'll post and then like i have like my phone when i'm at work it's on like work notifications so i only get like my phone my messages like my email and so like i don't even get like notifications throughout the day and then sometimes i forget and i'll like be going to bed and then i'll like go on my phone and i'm like oh i posted yeah. that earlier yeah 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 but it's, it's kind of nice because i do think sometimes like even i find like when i you know on the weekend when I'm not like when I wasn't working and stuff like having the ability to be online like the whole day yeah is ta- like so taxing for your mental health like I felt like yeah so, you feel drained in like a different type of way so like I get that yeah. side of it and um, that's the part that I mean is like the mental aspect I think mm-hmm. is the hard part of the job like the logistics aside from chasing people for payments is like so much flexibility and whatever mm-hmm. but yeah I think like the like being because you're like I don't know at least for me like it's like you're judging yourself almost like I'm yeah. like oh like I see all these other like if you're just scrolling online I'm like the comparison every, and, and the way that I like use social media now because of this is like every video that I see or something I'm like thinking about like oh like that was a really good idea like what, what should can like, I do my, like yeah. it's always like content planning exactly and so it's like it's not even like a break for you it's no. like a research <laughs> yes yes that's exactly how I feel when I when I go on social media as well and I think the one thing that does maybe bother me is when people like they see a video I post and they're like oh like it's a 30 second video so like it took you like a couple minutes to make and I think that side oh, of it yeah. isn't understood all the time too because especially yeah. if it's like a branded video it's actually like weeks of back and forth of like like months like, sometimes yeah exactly <laughs> so like that's the part that I don't think some people like on the other side of thing uh, you know things like think about um yeah, or even I know yeah. when I've gone on brand trips like people at my engineering job would be like so the brand just like paid for your flight and I'm like you have to look at it like as like it is a business transaction like they're not just bringing yeah. me like for the fun of it like they know I'm gonna be posting content like for you know like and I, I yeah. explained to them like yeah. when you go when we go on a site trip here at like you know the, the engineering company I was working at like does the company make you pay for your flight they're like no and I'm like exactly like it's like the same thing it's just yeah, yeah. different where like these influencer brand trips are very lavish and kind of crazy sometimes and like over the top you know so obviously like yeah it's such a privilege and like so cool that I can even do that with this job but I do think like it's nice to be able to like explain to like the one side and the yeah. other what kind of goes yeah. on and what parts of it you should be super grateful for and what parts are like yeah this is still like a business but even with those trips it's like think about they're inviting 10 to 15 people they're spending x amount of money like they're spending less than they would to get all of you to individually make 10 tiktoks each or 10 posts each mm-hmm. so it's like they're like from their perspective it's like just about return on investment like they can just spend I don't know whatever a couple hundred grand Mm -hmm. on this trip and yes that's a lot of money but it's less than it would to get all of those posts and it's like in this fun environment it's like a great setting it's Mm -hmm. like brand trips are just like an extended commercial like they get this perfect setting and you're all together like instead of getting this like multi-day big excessive shoot with all these like whatever it's 
less expensive, probably more fun, mm-hmm. more organic, which is like what consumers People want nowadays. So it's like actually quite ingenious. And yes, to your point, it's a privilege, but it's like, you're not, I think the other thing too, is that, and something that I didn't touch on earlier in terms of like this job being difficult is like, it's a lot of, and people ask me, but like, oh, like that's crazy. You can get paid like a couple thousand dollars, like do a video. And it's like, yes, but it's almost like, it's kind of similar in, in, in finance in the sense that like you do a lot of this like client service stuff and it's mm-hmm. all like free. And then when you do a deal, that's when you get the like um, millions yes. and millions of dollars as a fee exactly. and that's how it works like in finance and in consulting and like in all these things and it's the same thing with influencing it's like you Absolutely. in order to put yourself in a position to get a brand deal you have to like day by day maintain your platform and like work for free, for free yeah and then you get those opportunities mm-hmm. once in a while to participate in a campaign and it's like quite literally the same parallel in investment banking with like yeah. client service and then you like they want you to do their M&A, but it's like everything leading up to that point is free and relationship building. And that's the exact same thing with influencing. It's like, I'm posting all this free content for this brand. So then when they have a campaign, like they want mm-hmm. me. And uh, exactly. it's like, if you actually like average the, cause people are like, oh, it takes you like five hours to film this video. And then you like get like X amount of money. But it's like, it's not just that time that I spent filming that campaign. It's like everything, everything. leading up to it. Absolutely. So like, I don't even know how much you would actually be making hourly if you like think about it that way. But I think like the monetary aspect, like, yes, still great money and whatever, Mm -hmm. but I think it's like a little bit more complicated than just like, oh, it took you five hours to make this brand deal. And then you're making like $3,000. It's like, there was so much like runway leading up to that point. No. And that's the thing. That's why I'm very like hesitant to like, even talk about like money or how much I get paid for a campaign with people outside of this industry, because like, when people hear a number it's like oh you got paid x amount for one video then they all of a sudden do the math of like so you post a video every day you're making that every day and i'm like no 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 no, no. like this might be one like you might be getting one brand deal a month this is like you know yeah. you're getting great paid great money but it's like think of that like it's your one payment for that month and you're still working yeah. every day posting content every day so like yeah that's why i'm hesitant to talk like money with people outside the influencer industry because i'm like it can yeah. be very like you know taken out of proportion real real quick but with that I do want to ask you like do you think influencers are overpaid Mm, yeah like in some ways like it I don't think it's a yes or no question but if you think about like not only the money but like how like like I said all the other like fringe benefits like it's it's lucrative it very is like I and it, it depends like some verticals are more like lucrative than others in terms of like lifestyle versus beauty versus whatever and like I don't know what like a food blogger makes so I can't really speak to that but in the Um, beauty industry like I think the beauty industry is one of the more extreme in terms of like monetary and also gifting and like opportunities yeah and like I don't know if it's like necessarily overpaid but it's a well-paying job like it's more than your average job so it's like I don't know there's I think like maybe I retract my initial yes but like in terms of I mean it's the same thing it's like there's plenty of jobs like in finance where it's like if you're in banking versus in like retail or like the corporate banking or investment banking like there's different pay scales Mm -hmm. to each of those like in the beauty industry like influencing is on the higher end of the scale and like does that mean you're overpaid I don't know like a lot of people probably think that bankers are overpaid but like it's it's kind of relative um Mm -hmm. 
I do I do think that rates have come down a lot like I've seen in the last year like brands are really cutting their budgets um so I think there's kind of a correction within at least beauty um because like like I'm getting quoted the same rates that I was like or like getting pushed back to like when I've raised my rates over the year because my platform has grown over the years but people are still wanting to work with me at the same rates that they did a year ago and I'm like what yeah but they're like there's been a lot of deals that I've walked away from just because it's like like extreme lowballing and I don't know if that's just like within Canada um but I definitely have seen somewhat of a correction so like I don't know if it's a yes or no answer but like I think the thing that is frustrating people is like you got to acknowledge that you're paid well as an mm-hmm. influencer like it's not overpaid or underpaid like I like you're not underpaid for sure but like I don't know like it, and that's like, the thing is that there's no like precedent for this there's no like influencing in 1990 versus today. yeah <laughs> this is the job that was just created so it's like I can't say if it's you're overpaid Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think under for what you're happens, doing, but like you're yeah. paid well. No, and I, I agree. Like it is Sorry. a very well-paid industry, and I think the one context that underpaying can happen, and as I know, like even for myself, because I wasn't exposed to anybody else, like in this industry, at like oh yeah, like growth, between each other, totally. I was like, tar- <laughs> like now looking back, I'm like I was getting like scammed, like basically every brand deal I was doing for like no money, and then. When yeah. I met a bunch of influencers like that, like are kind of in your circle in Toronto, <laughs> and they were telling me their rates, I was like, "Oh my gosh, like what?" And I, yeah, like I could not believe how like lowballed I was being. But like I just didn't know because I, like that's just what I was charging because like, there's was, like, like zero pay transparency. Exactly, whatsoever. exactly. So <laughs> now, like I definitely think it's really important that influencers do talk to each other, especially because like one person can make ten times what another person with like the same following on the same campaign just because one person knew to like ask for that and one person didn't you know so but I think like overall like if it's being discussed and you know we look at like the industry as a whole like I do agree with you like it is a very well-paid industry and I think at the end of the day like it is a very like privileged job are there difficulties mm-hmm. yes are there things that like can make you stress absolutely that's any job but like all in all like it's a very like it's a very cool position to be in that like yeah anyone should like take for granted yeah I think it's like something that would probably bridge the frustration with like the general public is just like the like acknowledging it it's like there there are plenty of jobs too like being a CEO or being like a huge executive at a corporate company it's like are they overpaid I don't know like they're making millions of dollars like no one really like argues about if they're overpaid like it's well known like if you start a company or like you're the CEO of something you're making millions but like you don't get CEOs online being like, my life is so hard. Like <laughs> there are, there are difficulties to every job and every Absolutely. part of life. Like being, if you want to take that example, like an executive, you're in charge of all these people. Like you are, you don't get to log off. Like that is your firm that you're running. Like every, any problem is your problem. Like, but you're, you're paid well, you're compensated well. And like, you have a great life. And mm-hmm. like, I, I think people just need to acknowledge that like yes there are hardships to influencing and I think it's just easy to like log on when you're frustrated and be like oh my god my life is so hard whereas like a CEO is like not going to do that like yeah. they don't have TikTok and they're not doing it so there's yeah. a little bit more of like a public facing aspect I mean there obviously is but like more like public voicing of people's frustrations that just like probably goes behind closed doors in other jobs oh yeah but I just think people need to acknowledge that it's like overpaid like don't know like that's not really something that anyone can answer because it also varies in terms of like how much like you said how much you put into your platform like kind of for free on the daily so it's like 
on an hourly basis, maybe you're not like actually that overpaid or Mm -hmm. like you're not like you're making kind of the same that someone would as like, you know, being an executive in some sort of company. Um, But I think people just need to acknowledge that like, yeah, it's a, it's a great job. You get these great benefits and like you do really cool things. And like the aspect that yes, you're working, but like you are doing something that you love. Like barely anyone can say that. Like a lot of people are like, even if they're in these really well-paying jobs, like in companies, like if they're like partners at these firms, like sometimes that like, if they were told that they had to do that for free, like they probably wouldn't. Whereas like a lot of people like would do this for free. Well, that's where it started. Genuinely love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've been doing this for nine years, and if I stop making money tomorrow, I probably still post online because I love it. Like that's the biggest exactly like differentiating. Whenever you can turn like a pure hobby passion into like something that you can make an income from, like that is just so cool. You know, yeah. So. so I feel like people just need to like acknowledge that and be a little bit more like sensitive to the fact that a lot of their followers are people who are probably working these jobs that they don't enjoy and like yeah. are they don't have these crazy benefits and then they see you complain and they're like what well, the hell? like and like complain? yeah absolutely. exactly there's it's obviously such a more complicated yeah. thing but I think people need to be a little bit more sensitive to the context of what they're putting out there because like their lives are pretty great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Well, Rachel, it was so nice talking to you about all this because like sometimes I feel like so alone in this because I'll like <laughs> talk to my friends at school or like people I work with and they're like, they, I can, you know, talk about work and stuff with them, but they don't understand this other side of things. And then yeah. the influencers that I talk to like aren't, you know, doing another thing on the side. So it was honestly so nice just like <laughs> talk to someone who like maybe shares um some of the same like perspectives I have and yeah, totally. That Hannah Montana double love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, sometimes it really does. But everyone at my work knows about it and they like yeah. like it. So I mean sometimes I'll bring in free stuff. So yeah, yeah. It works for everyone involved. Exactly, exactly. You know, people love it. I remember like my my manager at my engineering job, he came to me one day and he was like, I don't know, in his like fifties, and he's like, So I went home the other day and my like daughter was watching you on her phone. And he's like, I didn't realize people like knew you like that like he was so confused by it and I was like yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah. it's it's the same way like my everyone in my office knows um but I don't know I joke like sometimes people bring it up like my friend the other day was like I was like hanging out with my girlfriend and you were just like I heard your voice and I was like why does it sound so familiar right and he was like you were just on her phone and I was like uh great <laughs> but like I always joke I'm like yeah she's my alter ego I'm like I don't know her at work like right right no <laughs> people seriously. will make jokes I'm like who's that yeah not me <laughs> turn on like your different personality so good well yeah, thank literally. you so much for coming on to loud talk with Lavi. I'll have all of uh Rachel's yeah. socials down below in the description if you're watching this episode <laughs> on YouTube and if you're tuning in on Spotify Apple or any other streaming service um you can also check the notes of this podcast for the YouTube version as well as Rachel's socials but Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Loud Talk. I will see you next Sunday at 7 a.m. MST. And remember to tell yourself something you love about your skin today. And don't forget to break down the walls of beauty standards one flaw at a time. Thank you, Rachel, for joining me today. Bye, everyone. Of course. Thanks for having me.